At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you, as always, for making your way here, checking out the series. Uh, I do hope if you're not already, then you'll hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artist and discover some new ones as well at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, or YouTube for the video versions. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is Jewel. We're going to be talking about her new record, Free Will and Woman, which she calls the most intense creative process that she's ever been through. Uh, we're going to be uh, hearing about how she catches a feeling when songwriting. Once again, writing uh, co-writing with uh, Steve Poltz, who uh, also co-wrote You Were Meant For Me back on the Pieces of You record, uh, and her changing sounds. We'll get into that as well. Uh, Jules also going to tell us that, uh, well, she made a folk album during the pandemic that could be released next. Uh, We'll discuss her cover of Maggie Rogers' Alaska, having Darius Rucker and Train's Pat Monahan on the record, and being inspired by Tori Amos, although she might not have realized it at the time. And we'll also hear about the, uh, as she says, profound activism of mental health through her Never Broken program. So let's jump into this. We're talking about Free Will and Woman. It's Kyle Meredith with Jewel. I got to tell you, I, I, I've been such an admirer for so long and such a fan of your music and this new record. Uh, Free Will and Woman is just perfect. It is a perfect record. Uh, congratulations on, on doing what you're doing here, uh, just at, at this level, continuously. Thank you. I so appreciate that. This time around, and I don't know if this is the first time, but, I, you know, you're an independent artist. It's it's sort of self-release. What does that mean for you at this point? When, let's see, I know I wanted to make country records. When was that? Back in like 2000, I don't know, five maybe, which in the music industry means you actually have to switch labels. It's a whole different radio system. It's like a really siloed thing. Um, but I negotiated into that contract, the ability to make an independent album that was non-competitive in the genre. And I did it because I'd been watching the Food Network and that was kind of just like the rise of the star chef, the celebrity chef. And I was watching digital happen, right? To music. And it dawned on me that there's going to come a time where we give our music away for free and we make money by selling the pots and pans of whatever is authentic to your brand. That was super interesting to me. And so that's why I fought to have this independent right to make a non-compete album. And by independent, it meant I could have no traditional distribution, none. I didn't get to go through any distribution system that was pre-existing. And so after my first country album, I made an album called Lullaby. I recorded it at my house, um, original songs, some of my favorite songs. 
And I was able to get it in the greeting card aisle of Target and the baby aisle of Walmart. Cause it's where I realized my consumers were now they moved and shifted. I have sold more of that album than almost any other album I have. That album still to this day funds me not working. I haven't worked in four years. That album pays all my bills. It's wow. been an incredible gift. And it's like this quiet little record that nobody really knows about, but it's been incredibly evergreen. Um, so anyway, I love independent albums. This current album isn't truly independent in that way. I licensed it to a proper label. Um, and so I'm, I'm going through proper, I don't know if proper is the right word, but established uh, systems, but I'm the, the copyright holder or the master's holder. Yeah, but that's still, I mean, one, I did. I, I knew about the Lullaby album. I would have never have guessed, uh, you know, for it be a situation like that. But still, it, I mean, it, it does seem like you have the most control that you could over over your career at this point. And I guess that's the that's the important part of the story. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoy it. Well, we get into this one, and and again, just an excellent album with Free Will and Woman, which which, as I understand, I was reading some of the interviews, and you had talked about how, you know, you have so such a reserve of songs that you could choose from at any point but decided to go completely from scratch at, at this moment did you have to go looking for stories because there i guess there has to be a lot of trust in your subconscious at that point that it's it's going to arrive this was the most intense creative process i've ever been through i have never felt the the squeeze of having to write an album in my entire career because of my back catalog even when it was a different genre, I'd had many, many dozens of songs in any genre. Um, but I wanted this to represent who I was now. And that was terrifying because it brought up so much insecurity and doubt. And it brought up really unuseful information like a chorus should come 30 seconds into a song and a song should be three minutes and what genre and what's popular. Just all that makes bad art. And I get why like Bowie or like a lot of like, the heroic artist did a crap ton of drugs in their middle age to develop a new sound because doing it sober was very psychologically grueling um, because it's like I had to rip out structures that I had adopted and find a wild place in myself at 45 or whatever age I was when I was writing it. And that was hard. It was definitely very hard, but it was one of the, the most beneficial things I've ever been through. So, you know, for this to be so much about you, we do get the characters, like there are characters that we hear throughout um, is that just, you know, songwriting tools right there? Or, or did you find these people like represented real people? Did not represent real people. I grew up on a lot of literature more than I did music. So short story fiction writing, you know, Flannery O'Connor, Chekhov, Nabokov, um, Steinbeck, were, they were so good at character studies. And it always uh, uplifted the quote unquote common man. Those were the writers I admired. And so that style of writing was always a real passion of mine. Uh, so songs like Half-Life, where you're watching a character, you're trying to develop a character that also is so universal that each of us can relate to it. I can relate to it. You know, how have I been living a Half-Life too? I mean, that's my favorite song on the record, by the way, as a, uh. as a personal Half-Life. I, I, I wrote down my, my exact words as, my God, this song is so good. And it sounds Yay! so good. Uh, could you just go for, I mean, go further into the story, if you don't mind on that one, because I, I would love to kind of hear what the inspiration for it was. You know, when I sit down to write by myself, I don't have a title or an idea at all. I just sit down and I call it catching a feeling. I'll just catch a feeling, you know, whatever guitar part you're noodling at sort of creates this mood. And it really is like walking into a scene and it's sort of like 
I don't know, that mood creates an atmosphere and then you can step into that atmosphere and it's almost like you can look around like you got dropped into the middle of a movie, I guess. And you become, or I be, would become very observant and it's a lot of stream of consciousness. And so for whatever reason, Sally came home today, she didn't have a whole lot to say, just set me off on this thing. And you don't know the hook till you get there. It's a weird process, you know, of discovery. It's like walking down a trail and you like looking, there's a vista around the corner. You're like, holy shit, that's cool. <laughs> but I don't control over it. It's like, I don't know, you're participating and it's a hard thing to describe. Right. But at some points, the whole picture becomes, and then, and then here you are in an interview going, so I don't know what it's about. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, at some point, you know, I, it dawned on me, this was about two, two people that, that were and are engaged in their life in a way that doesn't allow them to enjoy any one thing completely. They're half a wife, half a mom, half a husband, half a worker, half a boss. And the desperation, the, the sad and silent desperation of people trying to have it all, realizing that they've actually been robbed of significance, of consuming, of metabolizing life in any significant way. And dealing with that through uh, more numbing, you know, anxiety medication, uh, getting stoned in the parking lot before you have to come into your wife. It's like a depressing tale. <laughs> and still, it sounds good. That's what the list is. <laughs> That's what you know, I, I think it might have been, you know, press release or another interview. You kind of along that line, you'd said something about like a lot of these songs have to do with overcoming something, like the characters overcoming something, maybe you overcoming something for that to sort of be the thing that's going on in the songs do you know why what what kind of drove that direction lyrically I knew that I wanted the album to feel empowered I feel empowered um my life was hard it, it was touch and go whether I would become a more bitter person you know and be able to digest these experiences and whether I would let them make me more bitter and more unloving and more mistrustful or whether I could convert these this poison if you will into more love and more kindness and more generosity. And in my business as well, not many women make it as singer songwriters. The only females that are really iconic, honestly, are Madonna and Cher and they're pop stars. And so the way they achieved that are very different mechanisms than somebody like me could achieve it or would want to achieve it. Bob Dylan and Neil Young have tremendous notoriety. Joni Mitchell's every bit is deserving but can't sell the same tickets. You know, I don't believe she's thought of with the same gravitas. And I believe she should be. So as a young kid that wanted to be one of the best singer songwriters of all time, looking at where's my roadmap, who are my heroes in, in the female category, it's an unkind industry to women as we age. Um, and so all that to say, when I was making this record, I wanted it to be who I am now, what I am now, a real sense of accomplishment. I believe I'm at my writing height. I believe I'm at the heights of my ability as a singer. And I'm proud to be a woman. I'm proud to be middle-aged. I'm proud to be a mom. And it's a lot of stuff you just never hear about in the music business. And I wanted it to be loud. I wanted it to be what I led with. And that's why I wanted to write it from scratch. So a lot of the songs are about overcoming something, but also hopefully with a real sense of empowerment um, that you just keep going and you're making choices and what choices are you making and to feel empowered by that. Does that make like, um, you know, the, the lead off cut long way around? Like when I was listening to that, I, I thought this feels like it could be like the thesis for your life, for your career, for this album. Uh, does it feel like the same thing for you? Yeah, that song and why I wanted to lead with is it is, does feel like the thesis of 
the ethos, you know, and of the, the thing I wanted to portray is sometimes you do take the long way around. We all do, you know, it's a, it's a long and twisting road and sort of this celebration, um, the woohoo, if you will, of it all. <laughs> like the gypsy, maybe we've already touched on it with the, with the other characters, but that was one of those, like using a gypsy in a song, like, um, like one of the, another thing that just sort of comes, did, did, does the gypsy represent someone? Or really, not someone in specific, but something. I really struggled with that word. I was worried the word's derogatory. I did have tried in Google, you know, is that an appropriate term? It was unclear. I really hope it's not. I mean, no disrespect. There's not a single syllable word really for a mystical oracle. I tried to use priest, but it just seems too, I dare say, patriarchal. Um, so I settled on gypsy. To me, that just represents the the knowing that each of us can access um, maybe reflected through somebody else or just by going within, um, but just a nod to the unseen that exists behind the scene, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I won't speak for anything derogatory or not, but, but I would think like, you know, gypsy woman, one of the great all time songs right there. And uh, it doesn't seem any problem with that on that side of things. You know, yeah. So I, yeah. It's a good company to be in anyway. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E. P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Um, and, and, and Steve Foltz, uh, co-writing on, I mean, so Steve, in your uh, songwriting relationship goes back to the first album. What, what continues that? Like, what do you get out of that partnership? I love Pulsey, you know, we're just lifelong friends and mates. I have a lot of respect for him. He's a tremendous writer, very, very prolific, really playful, you know, so I can become overly serious and like 
and digging myself into a hole of not liking anything I'm writing. And he just comes along gleefully and they just spill out of him in a rainbow array of colors and silliness and absurdity. And it's a good, it's a good mix. Cause I'm always, I always call it, he likes to pee on a song. Like he likes to take a perfectly good song and ruin it with the dumbest line or just absurdity <laughs> where I always rein that part in and <clears throat> he helps me be a little more playful. <laughs> Nice balance. Um, what about the sound of it? Like, um, you know, it, it does sort of have a Southern sound. What, what drove you in that direction? I don't like repeating myself just because I like to learn and push myself. I like to be on the edge of failure. I like the risk. I like, I don't know. I, I don't know why, but I like that everything could go horribly wrong because that means I really put myself out there. It means I really extended beyond my ability and it doesn't always work out, but I would not change a thing. That's what I value. I guess that's my fuel as an artist. Um, it's such a personal thing. You know, I noticed it's something other people really don't understand the way the press was with the pop album. It was so funny. You would have thought I had murdered someone. Like it was so disappointing to people that a singer songwriter that was credible would make a pop album. (laughs) So precious and so funny. Is she still our same jewel? Like (laughs) I found that so funny and I love that album. Um, all that to say, I wanted to push myself into some new territory. There's a huge influence in my life I've never been able to pay tribute to, and that was R&B and soul and muscle shoals um, stuff. It, I really cut my teeth on a lot of those singers, especially. Um, and so I wanted the album to sort of have a new sound that might be sort of a, a muscle shoals-ish type of thing. Um, Bill Withers had just passed, and so I wanted to pay a tribute to him. That's why I wrote Grateful. Um, and Butch, you know, Walker, my producer is just, he's an incredibly eclectic, talented, uh, musician and producer. And so we were able to hopefully, I think this is the first record. I didn't realize it at the time, but I listened back to it for the first time. And since I made it, which is a couple of years. And I finally got every one of my styles on one album. It was like, I finally figured out like there's hardcore folk, there's country leaning Americana stuff, there's straight up pop. And then there's sort of this new thing of, I guess, a more soul influence. And hopefully it makes sense. I think it does. Yeah, no, the way it's laid out too, the way things kind of not bleed into each other, but lead to the next song. Like it's really well laid out. And that's, I mean, it it is interesting. And and of course, being a fan, uh, you know, I've been along for the ride through the genres that I think that's actually been one of the things I like most about you know following you is is that sense of adventure and and to hear that line again that we were talking about earlier that you know at any given point you've got at least 10 or 12 songs to represent whatever genre you're going into um uh, you know I, I'll take the chance and ask this one what else do you want to do what what other songs are are, are lying there waiting to be heard in in various sounds the way I describe music for me, I consumed a lot of variety. You know, it's just what I like. I listened to as much Bob Dylan as I did Marvin Gaye, for instance. Um, and so I internalized that. And so of course it's going to come back out of me. And I liken it to a closet. You know, I have sweatpants, yoga pants, ball gowns, jeans, athletic clothing. If I wear sweatpants one day and a couture gown the next day, nobody says, Jewel, who are you? It just makes sense to people that I feel like my, my music is my closet. Like I'm in a more playful mood and I wanted to write 0304. Um, as far as what, what I'll do in the future, I, I, I don't know. Um, I've been wanting to push myself vocally. Um, I wrote a much more ambitious album vocally. I feel like I, I really pushed myself on my melodies and 
showcasing more my technical ability, which for some reason I was just never interested in doing. Um, there's a lot of stuff I'd like to do. You know, I, I like rock music. I like classical music. Whether I do those things, I have no idea. I love the idea of a spoken word album mixed with, I don't know, ambient music um, and kind of creating like a vibe. That way I do want to do another lullaby album. But during the pandemic, I cut a folk album, like a really very like weird, very sparse, but layering tons of strange harmonies onto pretty unusual songs. So that might be what, what happens next. I love any time an artist says weird. That's, that's <laughs> what I sign up for. That's like, yes, whatever you're doing, do that. <laughs> um, let's see. And uh, I just want to hit on so many things here. I've got to make my choices too. You covered Alaska. It's such a great cover uh, of Maggie's song right there. I, I'm sure for obvious reasons too, you know, home state right there. Um, but, uh, but was there any other thing that kind of uh, that spoke to you about that one? I just, I like the song. I think it's a great song. Um, I can't remember when G JD and I were talking about, it'd be fun to cover a couple songs. Uh, maybe it was when I was doing The Mass Singer and I was just really enjoying like singing songs I really admired. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind doing more. I think it's really fun to, there's so many good songs out there. Yeah. And you've got, you put out that EP with the, with the Mass Singer too, the Queen of Hearts, the EP. And yeah, not everybody can pull that off, by the way. <laughs> and it's so good. It's so good what you're doing with it. Are, are you, do you bring those out on the road? We do we got a tour coming up. We got a hit on here too. I mean, are you, are you using those, working those covers into the set? I'm going out with Blues Traveler and Train. I'm really excited to be with everybody on tour, but it does limit my set time. Um, so I won't get to covers. It'll probably be just getting through, you know, the hits and then some new songs. But I loved, you know, Lovey and Rose, Edith Piaf dared me to sing. I feel like she challenged me. I dare you. It was, it was like a, it's so heroic. Her singing is heroic. Um, Sarah Vaughn's singing is heroic and they inspired me and being able to pay tribute to them or Patsy Cline um, for me was just a, a real treat. And uh, you, you mentioned, of course, the tour, yes, uh, with Train, with Blues Traveler. Train's also on this record, uh, Pat's on the record. Uh, you've got Darius, Darius Rucker on the record. And that was a thing of, you know, Darius, Pat, yourself, of course, you know, you all came to prominence uh, from the same era. Maybe they're just friends, but uh, but do you sort of think about that when you're having them as guests on? Like, you know, this this does speak from a point of view of a, of a time. Yeah, it was kind of neat. Um, I was at a party in L.A. and it was a lot of musicians I haven't seen, right? We're all separate on the road. It's kind of sad. There's really no... There's a class of, but we never go to school together because we're all doing separate tours and albums. And I got to hang out with Beck and Grohl and all these musicians that are just such a part of my life, except we never really get to hang out. So it was my little way of doing a yearbook, having Pat and, and Darius on there. Um, and I was really blown away by Darius. I, I love him. I think he's a really talented artist. I really admired his country career as well, but I think he sings his ass off. That's not an easy song to sing. And I was very impressed. I was really <laughs> tickled. People should hear it. Yeah. When his voice comes in. No, no, it's, it's, it's great. Um, with, with that, with the, with the nineties folks of mine too, is almost a little nod to Tori Amos or is that just kind of musical coincidence there? I didn't realize it at the time when I was writing the story, but hearing it back, somebody mentioned it online and I was like, fuck yes that is like she was a huge part of my you know before I came out she was out you know she was definitely influencing me and she's 
again, such a fantastic artist and visionary. And she had such a rascally great spirit. It was so perfect for the nineties and what it took for a woman to do anything in the nineties. Um, yeah, she's tremendous. So I didn't realize it at the time, but listening back has to have, you know, had that influence. And those moments happen that again, as a fan of both of you guys, that's, uh, that's one of those like, yeah, you know, like Venn diagrams all coming together. It's, uh, <laughs> it's all happening right there. Uh, this record, again, I'm such a fan jewel of this and, and free will and woman. And I also want to say not to leave us too much on a down note, but um, with everything that's been happening this week in, in the world and your song hands has just been in my head, um, especially those first few lines, you know, and, 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 do you still believe them as much as when you wrote those? Absolutely. You know, the last 10 years or seven years, at least, I've been building a business outside of music in mental health, um, just to bring mental health tools that anybody can practice without therapy that will create neurological change. Um, there's a website called jewelneverbroken.com. And we're scaling those tools that I sort of cultivated for myself so I wouldn't kill myself. So I would be able to change pain points and habits in my own life um, and, and offering them in the workplace and in schools. And obviously what's happening right now is just such a, a tragic heartbreak. Um, you realize what unkindness is, the abuse of unkindness. Um, and I, I really hope that political figures and everybody can see the seriousness of creating otherness because we pay huge prices. Um, but yeah, that song is continually my medicine. I sing it to soothe myself. The reason I wrote Lullaby was those are all songs to soothe my own anxiety. Highly recommend it if, if anybody's having anxiety because I literally use that song, that record to calm myself down. Um, yeah, it's a hard time. I think people have to have a lot of courage to persevere. And I guess I would just say, don't discount what an act of activism it is to heal yourself. I really feel like everybody's so busy yelling at everyone else about what they're doing wrong, that no one is healing their own issues. Um, and that's the most profound form of activism we have is to heal ourselves and then to extend humanity to people around us. Mm -hmm. It's beautifully said. And just one of the, one of the all-time great songs there. Uh, congratulations again, Free Will and Woman. I love it so much. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it. This has been a real pleasure for me. It's so fun. I've not, not got to talk to anybody about the album, so it was very enjoyable for me. Thank you. My thanks to Jewel. The new record is called Free Will and Woman. Big thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Uh, hit that subscribe button before you get out of here. Again, new episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, three a week to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. An hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews again Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. And uh, you can find me on the social media spots, uh, mostly Twitter, occasionally Facebook and Instagram, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. Do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time.
Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.